I, I want you to be, I want you to be, listen to the word because remember, my son came this morning and told you what the word of God is doing. So you got to understand, it's not pastor doing anything. It's what the word is doing. It, God is bringing a change. And you got to understand something. Today, change has come to this house. All right. Now, now what you got to do is be willing to change because religion can't stay here. And a lot of the stuff, listen to me, most of the stuff that we do in church is just plain old religion. I want, I want to see a lot of stuff today, and I want you to hear it, all right? You are the base. You are the base. So if, if, if it doesn't get out of here, the other, all these other folks on TV can't hear it. So you got to understand when you say something, it's got to be God. So you just can't say something, you understand? You're like in a courtroom. Everything that says here, everybody out in the world who listens will be the one to hear it. And not just today. Whatever you say today while the minister will be heard as long as this tape is playing. So you got to listen. That's why I keep saying it. All right. Now, let me get into the word. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, <clears throat> you're going to hear me use the term today. I'm going to give you a subject first. We are ambassadors for Christ. Say that with me. We are ambassadors for Christ. Now, I want to I I give you your assignment. So you got to understand something. Whatever you do in this church, it's not your assignment. All right? This is just something you do on the side. I want to give you your assignment. All right? Now, I want to say, when God, when God gives you something, he gives you your assignment. All right. Now, what I'm doing today is give you your assignment. All right. Praise God. Uh, now, put down your note. We are ambassadors for Christ. Say that with me. We are ambassadors for Christ. All right. Now, you, you, heard, you heard what the ministry is. The ministry here is found in verse 18 and 19. I want you to go over this again because I want to show you what God assigned us to do. See, you coming to this church, it's not your assignment. You come here to worship and to praise God and to thank God. That's fine. But I want to give you an assignment. Don't miss your assignment doing something else. All right? Now, here we go. In verse number 18, and all things of God who has passed tense. This is what God already did. He has reconciled us to himself. That word reconciled means restoration. He has restored us to himself by Jesus Christ. This is already done. His work is finished. Then in verse number 18, it says, and has. See, he's already reconciled us to Jesus Christ, reconciled us to God. Then he says, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's telling you what your ministry is. It's reconciled, reconciliation. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit. That God was in Christ. This is what God did. He reconciled. He's telling you how to do your ministry. Your job is to reconcile people to God. Not imputing their trespasses. Not telling them how bad they are. Not looking at their faults. Not looking at their sin. Your job is to reconcile. God already reconciled them. 
God has already restored the people. All your job is to do is go and tell them that God has reconciled them. And listen, please listen. And to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespass unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So you, you have the word of reconciliation. That means you say to them what God already did for them. God has already reconciled them. So I don't care how bad the people are. I don't care what they have done. Your job to realize that Christ already died for them. That's why if you go up to back, back up to verse 14. Christ already died for them. See, I'm going to show you how to get people saved. A lot of these people, it's your loved ones, it's your families. And you can't get them saved unless you do it God's way. And you have to understand that I'm getting ready to teach you that coming into view on the mind of Christ. That's coming. But I got to show you some things today to get you ready for that. Because you are not ready to hear the mind of Christ yet. So please listen. That's why I keep saying. And verse 18 again. We're going to go back to verse 18 again. All things of God who had. He's telling you what God already done. He has reconciled us unto God. He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. This is how he did it. Not imputing their trespasses. Not pointing your finger at them like what they do. Not telling them that they drink and they smoke and they gamble and they, they got this. If you have done it, God already took care of that. Now I'm going to show you that's how you know your ambassadors. All right. Unto them and has committed to us the ministry, I'm, I'm sorry, the word of reconciliation. So you have the word of reconciliation. That's your message. You're in a ministry of reconciliation. That's the gospel of Christ. All right. You're not trying to get nobody saved. Go back to verse 14 now. We're in 2 Corinthians 5, 14. The Bible said the love of Christ constraineth us or controlleth us because we thus judge. We used to judge. But then we thought about it. He said, but if one died for all, then we're all dead. So you got to understand something. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but live unto him which died for them, watch this, and rose again. We know when he rose again, he already justified them. He died for them because he paid for their sins. He died for their sins. So that's why in verse 16, he's going to say, wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. So you got to understand, you are now ambassador. So you got to understand, so when you come up to people, you don't know them after the flesh anymore. If you put your eyes on the flesh, you're going to lose your focus. We know no man after the flesh. The people that you are ministering to has already been paid for by the blood. People still in the flesh ain't saved. You're not trying to get them. You want to get the one that's in Christ. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, that's the person that you got to understand who you're looking for. That person that's in Christ. He's a new creature. Old thing now has passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, why am I, why am I taking you through this? Because I want to show you how, where we came from. So I'm going to back up. We're talking about we are ambassadors for Christ. <clears throat> Say we are ambassadors for Christ. All right. I want to go back 
so you can understand some messages that I taught you and why I taught you them. One of the things I taught you is put down the word ambassador, first of all. I want you to understand when God said when we are ambassadors, an ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by his country or his government on official business. And this dip diplomat, who we are, we represent Christ. You might have heard my son in his ministry this morning. If you haven't heard that, please listen to it. It will be on the podcast this week. That you've got to understand what happened to him. See, I could get into some things myself, but that's not my mess. His message, his testimony, all right? How God changed him. He had to realize that you represent Christ. And whatever you do in your life, you you giving people a bad taste in their mouth about Christ or a good taste. That's what, how your life is, all right? But here it says, uh, you're representative. You are sent to a foreign country. You are sent out by the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, you can live in a country. Uh, 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 an ambassador, most all countries has an ambassador from this country. It's like having a little United States in that country. They put a fence around it, security. They have soldiers guarding it. And that man has the, the protection of their government. So when, you, when they go somewhere, the United States protects them. What this does is they don't have to call on president of the United States every time. They're already in there. So if the president want to do something in that country, he calls his ambassador. And his ambassador is right there. If there's a situation comes up, he calls his government. If he need help, if whatever he need, that's what you got to understand an ambassador. So you have, you are representing your country, your government, which is the kingdom of God. You're representing Christ Jesus, okay? So it, people don't have to call him all the time. You the ambassador. That means you got to know your government. You got to know what your government stands for. You got to know the rules of your government. What happens is we are, we are going out trying to represent Christ. We don't know the book. We don't know what our government stands for. We don't know our government believe. We don't even know our government got our back. Because if you are a representative of the gospel of Christ, a representative of God, he protects you. All right? So this is the assignment of, of, a, of an ambassador. But you've got to understand you are to speak for your government. Not for you, but for your government. You're not there for you. You're to represent Christ. All right? He or she is a minister with a message. And that message is God already saved them. He's already reconciled them. He's already restored them. Your job is to tell them so they'll receive it. That's why I read you Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. You're not trying to get people saved. Most people spend all their time getting people to repent and all this other stuff. That's not your assignment. Christ came and died on the cross to save all men. It's already been done. Your job is to get them to receive what God has done. Can you get a Lord a big hand? All right. You just taking a message from your government. You are sent to represent your government, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. All right. Now, let me show you that one more time. Go to back to Acts 26 and verse 18. One more time. We're going to go to work. So we have to understand, most people are trying to get people saved by telling them what to do. You got to repent. Or you got to do this here. Or you got to do this here. 
Listen, that's church. See, what you're trying to do is get somebody to be what you used to be. We are leaving that. They are, they are come, you're getting them to come to God. He saved them. See, we are trying to make them like our denomination. We're trying to make them like our church. See, and, and we think they're going to change. We gonna, they are not going to change because they join your church. They're going to change when you give them Paul's vision. And I'm going to give it to you in just a moment. As a matter of fact, you can write them down right now while we're going to Acts 26, 18. Write them down. Two things. You got to give them Colossians 1, 27. You got to let them know that now because they're, you, this is what they're receiving. When they believe the gospel of Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, Christ died for our sins. He was buried and God raised Jesus from the dead. Now that's very important because that, I'm going to show you, has to happen because that same thing happens to the person who receives it. Not only for Christ, but also for the person who received it. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and God raised Jesus from the dead. So the same thing has to happen in the believer's life. Christ's death, Christ's burial, Christ's resurrection. You will see that down the road. All right? Now, Colossians 1, 27 talks about Christ in you. This is Paul's message. He taught his message has the revelation, Christ in you, and you in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Then Christ in you, the hope of glory. These are the two things that the Apostle Paul taught. His mystery. All right? Don't forget those two things because you got to have that when you go out to reconcile. So if you go to Acts chapter number 26, you look at verse number 18. This is what God said for you to do. Number one, open your eyes. Now, all of this has been taught already on your podcast. You go back and look at podcasts, you'll realize today that we are on tape number 137, I think, or 38. Today, 37, 38. All right, I didn't do 9 o'clock service, so it'll still be 137. All right, but here, this is what God told Paul to do. Open their eyes, how he's going to do it. That's the tape, you got to read it. Turn them from dark to the light. You got, you got to go through that. See, this is something you need to learn because if you're going to be an ambassador, turn them from dark to the light. The word light, he told you this morning, is one of the words is truth. All right. Then it said, turn them from the power of Satan, which is ignorance, to God. Then that they may receive. They didn't tell him to do anything. See, when you go to a doing something, you in religion. I'm going to teach you all of this in this coming up series. And if you're in a ministry where you feel like you got to do something, that's why people never get what they need to be in Christ. I'm bringing you into a place of a renewed mind. I'm bringing you to a place of spiritual growth. I'm bringing you to a place so you'll realize what's your identity. I'm bringing you to a place so you'll lose your old identity. Most, 90-some percent of people go to church do not even recognize their identity. Why? Because they have not known Christ's identity. So I'm bringing you into what we call identity. We are who we used to be because of Adam. All we know is who our daddy was and we was like our daddy. So I got to bring you into your new identity so you will be like the new man. But first I got to get you to receive and know you have to have the new man in here. So that's why I stood before the choir today when you said in the house, in the room, he's talking about in here. You got to understand the Christ that's in you needs your mind. 
So that's why I'm going to be dealing with the mind of Christ. He cannot do nothing in your life unless you give him your mind. To worship God means to minister to him with your mind. So when you come to the house of God, if you don't listen and let him talk to you, you can't worship. That's why I say listen. You hear the worship God. To worship God means to hear from him with your mind. God speaks from within, from your heart to your mind. And through your mind, he serves you. You're worshiping him in your heart, through your mind, and then in, in, in reversal, that's how he ministers to your needs. All right. Now, in Acts 26, verse 18 says, To open your eyes, turn them from dark to light, turn them from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive. Already, Christ already done. Already done. Receive what? Forgiveness of sin. And next they receive, you receive your inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in Christ Jesus. So you'll never get your inheritance. That's why Christ is in you. So you can get your inheritance. That's why he said Christ in you, Colossians 1.27, the hope of glory. The word glory there is the Holy Spirit. I want to explain this like a baby in a mother's belly. That baby's in the mother's belly, but there's a cord called the umbilical cord that connects from the baby belly to the mother's. And that, 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 that cord stays there because everything that the mother has, first of all, the baby is total dependent on the mother. Everything that comes in that mother's li baby's life has to come through the mother. So I want you to see your mind as a baby that's been born. You got a Christ in you who is eternal, everlasting, all-knowing. He's in you. The same God that created heaven and earth is in you. The same God who opened up the Red Sea is in you. The same God, li listen to me, the same God that's in you created you and everything else. All that's in you. So you got to understand he's in you to help you. That's why he's called the comforter. He's in you to comfort you. He's also called an advocate. He's already an advocate. An advocate is a lawyer who pleads your case. He's in you to help you for anything you need. He has all power. He is everywhere at the same time and, let he, and yet he lives in you. He wants you to acknowledge him and trust him with your mind. Because that is the seat of all spiritual control. That is called the control room. It's your mind. So God wants your mind. And your job is to humble yourself. That's why God gave us, and I'm going to be teaching on that sometime. That's why he gave you uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be. That's why he said let it. You got to let it. You have to let him take the seat of authority in the house that's through the mind. And you got to submit yourself. That's what Philippians chapter 2 is all about. He humbled himself knowing that he was God. He humbled himself as a man. That's what he's talking about. God had to come inside of you. You got to humble yourself. And allow the God in you to control your mind. 
and to tell you what to do and to tell you where to go and to tell you he, he needs to die. Now, one thing you have to understand about him, he is not going to fight for the position. He's already know everything is his. He's not going to fuss and argue with you over, your, over his mind. He wants you to take the mind that he has and stop trying to use yours. See, what happened is we still want to use our mind. That's why we fail. Your mind came from Adam. He's trying to give you his mind so he can control your situation. He can control your life. He can control your future if you just give him your mind and stop trying to use yours. Okay, now that's all coming. Now, the second thing I talked about was take the limit of God. Now you understand why I taught take the limit of God. That was Psalm 78. Let's go back there. Psalm 78 verse 40. I'm introducing the message today. I'll probably wait and teach it next week. Psalm 78 and verse 40. So that's why he told them to take the limit off God. And this is why how God can do what he want to do in your life if you take the limit off. You see people say, oh, I ain't got no limit on God. He can't operate in your mind. Your mind is always on bookie, wookie, wookie, wookie. So how in the world are you going to control your mind? We got our mind on everything else except how can God, he's not going to take it. You're going to have to give it to him. You're going to have to let this mind be in you. He's in you. He's able to do exceeding abundant above all we ask to think. According to the Christ that lives in us. And yet nothing is getting done. You know why? We're running the house. We sitting up on the table of our own life and running our own show and crying, and then we want God to bless it. We don't want to submit ourselves to God. We got our own plan, our own will, our own future. Oh, this is what I got to do. This is what I want to do. And you're messing up your life because you won't listen to God. First, you got to have Christ in you, the hope of glory. Once he come in there, the, it begins. His ministry began in you. And he's going to bring you to humility. I'm telling you right now, if you don't humble yourself, he will bring you to humility. Because it's his house. And he won't let you know there won't be no contention in the house. Won't be no struggle, won't be no fuss and argument. Just submit yourself. That's Philippians chapter 2. All right. Now watch this. Verse 40. How often did that we in Psalm uh, 78 verse 40. No, I'm sorry. 75, right? Oh, I got a page turn here. Oh, I got a, oh yeah, my page, my page is, has flapped over there. All right. All right. Psalm 78 verse 40. How often did they, watch these words, provoke him? Number two, they grieved him. Number three, they tempted him. Number four, they limited him. You can see each one of them. And number five, they remembered not his power. The word hand means power. See, they, they forgot. See, God in you, the hope of glory. Christ is the power of God. They forgot who, who was with them. Christ in the old covenant was with them. With you, he's in you. 
So that's what they did. They remembered <clears throat> not his covenant, nor the day when he delivered them from his enemy. And the Bible said they, limit, they limited God. See, what, when you don't allow God to utilize your own mind, he knows you got an education. He, gave, he let you get it. But don't put that before him. Don't think you know more than him. That don't give you the right to tell him what to do. The Holy Ghost in you, and I'm going to show you that to lead you, guide you, and teach you, and to help you in everything else you can say. All right. So that's why you got to take a limit off God. Once we begin to do this, we're going to realize something else. We talk about the high calling of God. Go to Philippians uh, chapter 3. This is what you got last week. See, I, want you, I don't want you to just hear a message. Oh, that message is so good, but you didn't go over it. You still don't know there's some thing that has to happen. I told you you got to forget those things that are behind. This is not a game. If the mind of Christ is going to operate in you, the first thing you got to do is forget the things that are behind. I'm trying to show you how. See, I told you everything I give you, I give you the, the message after that to help you with what you had last week. But if you don't take care of bit, I can't make you grow. The Holy Ghost is in you to teach you, and he's not going to spank you every day to get you to learn. Now, you can go on after all the things in the world, and that's going to be your life. But if you want to grow in Christ, take the word I'm giving you and let's play it over and let the, let the Spirit teach you the word. I'm your pastor teacher. I'm the one that gets the word from God to give you. Your job is to take it from me and eat it up. All right. Uh, I gave you a verse. Philippians chapter 3. Now, I want to go to Philippians chapter 3 because this is what I taught you last week. We only want to look at verse 13 and 14. Watch what Paul said. Brother, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Now, he's telling you how he progressed, how he got the mind of Christ. God not through with me yet. I have not yet apprehended that. I have not understood and know everything about that man that's in me, but I'm pressing toward. See, he said he's going on because he got to know this. So in verse number 13 says, first you got to forget the things that are behind. Now the thing that are behind that Paul had to forget is Philipp, I'm sorry, Hebrew chapter 6 and verse 1. He had to forget those things that are behind. And this is what so many people's problem is. Uh, let me show it to you. Uh, let's, let's take a moment and do that one. Uh, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 6. Because he told the Hebrews this, that they had to forget those things that are behind. This is why people can't go forward. They are held back by the God of this world, which is called religion. They are called religion. They are held back by religion. They are held back what they learned from Adam. See, they, you, we used to be married to Adam. We had Adam mind. And what God want to do now is use his mind in us. But we still want to use our old mind, what we had from Adam. All of this sayings and doing, we learn all that stuff from Adam. And we think that's us. That's not you. God is trying to bring you into your true identity. So you got to understand something. You have a God-given true identity. And religion can't help you get it. You're going to have to take this word 
and recover your identity. Everything that God has for you is based on you and your true identity. That's why God can't allow so many things to happen in people's life. That's not who you are yet. What God has for you, you trying to be somebody else. You got to find your identity. You got to, your identity means who you really are in Christ. He put you in Christ. He gave you the mind of Christ so you can find your true identity. True identity. That's why Paul said, I have not yet apprehended that which is in me. I'm not there yet. But one thing I do, number one, forget those things that are behind. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. Therefore, leaving. You got to leave religion. People don't want to leave religion. They raised up in religion. And religion was given to you by Adam and the Adam family. <laughs> Therefore, leaving the principles. The word principle means the teachings of the doctrine of Christ. And people think the word doctrine, it means the gospel. No, doctrine, you have to read uh, 2 John 7 through 11 sometime. You'll get the doctrine of Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what most people are teaching their churches. That's the doctrine of Christ. The gospel of Christ is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. That's the gospel of Christ. The doctrine of Christ is Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ, all that who Jesus Christ is business is the doctrine, the doctrine of Christ. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, when Peter came to Jesus, asked Peter, who do men say I, the son of man, am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, you have said, you are the Christ. You are, told him who he was. That's the doctrine. But the gospel of Christ is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Christ died for our sins and he was buried and God raised Jesus from the dead. Somebody give the Lord a big hand. That's the gospel. You cannot be saved by the doctrine, you are saved by the gospel. All right, therefore leaving, Hebrews 6 and 1, go back to the screen. Therefore leaving the principles of teachings of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on, let us go on unto perfection. The gospel of Christ is perfection. Go on to perfection, go on to the doctrine of the gospel of Christ. At least turn it down. And verse number, not laying again, not laying again. This is what people are trying to do. They're trying to re restore the old foundation. See, the old, Paul already destroyed the old foundation. You study Paul's thing. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he'll, he'll tell you he's told down the old foundation and the new foundation is Jesus Christ. But people don't want that. They want to build the old foundation. Here it is, lay again the foundation of repentance. See, they want, to, they want to build up the old foundation. They think they can do something to people because they got to repent. Praise God. You can't do it until you repent. You're trying to build the old foundation. Christ already died, buried, and raised again from the dead and already told you to have a reconcile to God, not imputing their transgressions. You can't look at them on how bad they are no more. Christ died for them. See, oh, they ain't nothing but old sinners. got to repent. You're still a sinner. That's why I got to baptize you in Jesus' name, your son. See, you still want to do something for them. They are not saved because you do something for them. We were not saved because somebody did something for us. The New Testament is about you doing something for us. The New Testament is who he is. 
The Old Testament is about works. About works. That's why James told you, faith without works is dead. You're in the Old Testament. That's why people are trying to be saved by the confess. You got to confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, so you can do two things. You got to confess and believe. Then you say, no, then you in works. You still in works. The new covenant is not about what you do, nobody else do. It's about what he did. The new covenant is grace. It's past tense. Everything you read and study in the New Testament, watch this, it's in the past tense. Have you ever stopped and read it? It doesn't tell you what God's going to do. That's the, that's the new covenant. The old covenant. The old covenant is already what God's going to do. God's going to do this. And God, and you got to focus up. Let me, I just hear the spirit. God's going to get you. God ain't going to do nothing. Child, God's going to do this. Child, God's going to give you this. Listen. God is sitting there saying, listen to them live. And they wonder why I can't move in their life. See, you got to understand, new covenant is about not God going to do anything. The new covenant is in the past tense. God had everything in the new covenant is past tense. Give the Lord a great big hand. Look at all these things he told you to leave. Lay aside, we're in, we in Hebrew 6 and 1. Lay on the side the foundation of repentance. Lay aside dead works. Lay aside faith towards God. Lay aside the doctrine of baptism. Lay aside the laying on the hand. Now, he's not talking about laying on the hand to pray for the sick. He's talking about laying on the hand to receive the Holy Ghost. Because there are still churches tell you, you want the Holy Ghost, da, 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 da. Because that's all the fuck they get is a da, 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 da. That ain't no tongues. And you got some folks that got it, they, they got it so bad, they just go to something. They say, I don't care what they be saying. Like, that ain't no speaking in tongues. Shandai. That's it. That's it. Shandai. And they expect somebody to believe it. Some folk get up. <laughs> God, help us. All right. Let, that's enough of that. That's enough. All right. Let, let's move on. Now, I taught that already. And, that, and let, I told you, take a limit off God, and I showed you the high calling of God. Now we are ambassadors for Christ. All right, but I want to show you, when you take a limit off God, let me show you how Paul talked the limit off God. Look at Philippians 4, 13. When, when, he, when you can tell when a person has taken a limit off God, you can look at his book and tell you. So I'm going to give you two or three scriptures. One of them is Philippians 4, 13. This is when, when the limit is taken off. I can listen at your testimony and tell you the limits of Philippians 4, 13. When you finally put it on the screen, we move on. This is what Paul is saying. This is why the limit is up. Watch what he say he can do now. See, once you take the limit off God, I'm waiting on Philippians 4, 13. When you put it on the screen, I will go through it. None of this can happen until you take the limit off God. Your mind will begin to quote things like this. Next, I'm going to go to 1 John 4, 4. That's where we go next. All right, here we go. Philippians 4, 13, read it. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. See, that's how you talk now when the limit is off. That I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Because now your trust is in Christ in you. And you have taken a limit off. See, now let's go to 1 John 4. Let me show you another one. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, this is one that the apostle John says. We're not on his ministry, but I'll use it. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Because once, once you have Christ in you, you realize that there is nothing impossible with God. 
See, you realize that God in you. But I, but I want you to start doing is begin to realize, bring your attention to in, in you. Because this is what the gospel is about. The gospel is about Christ in you. It's not, a, see, the Old Testament ministry was based on soul. The New Testament is based on spirit. That's why so many people is talking about saving your mind, saving your soul. You, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot renew the mind. Because you don't have the Spirit in you to teach you. We'll look at that in 1 Corinthians when we get there in chapter 2 and we start up there somewhere in verse um, 10 somewhere. All right, now 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, you ought to be there by now on the screen. That's what we're waiting on. 1 John 4, 4. Let's read it. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now, the world is your outward person, your flesh and anything else out here tangible. But your spirit inside of you is an overcomer. And you have to understand that in Christ, because you're in Christ, that makes you an overcomer of everything outside. But I want you to start understanding and thinking and, and praying from within. Trusting from within. Recognizing the God within you. Stop looking for your help on the outside. And that's what most people are doing. They're trying to find help on the outside. Your help comes from the Lord. The Lord is on the inside. But you got to get more sensitive to the God that lives in you. If not, you will not understand his voice. You got to get so sensitive to when the spirit of God say something to you, you heard the voice of the Lord. Because we think every time we say we give him to go somewhere and do something, God don't say you're not, but we just don't hear it. You got to get sensitive because he doesn't tell you to go every time you want to go. All right. Now, I want to show you another verse, and that's first. Corinthians 6, 17. I'm giving you these things here because I'm getting ready to die of my message and I may not get this. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. This is what happened to you when you came to Christ. I'm getting ready to teach you a new, uh, uh, some new messages coming up on the mind. And I don't know how long we're going to be there. But I realize the center of Paul's teaching has to do with the mind. That's why Paul talked about the wisdom, the knowledge, understanding the all this stuff, the revelation of the mysteries and, and, and everything had to do with mind. So you have to understand how did Paul know how to write all these books? Because God ministered to the mind. Once he began to realize that he was hearing the voice of God, all he had to do was write. Because God never stopped talking. You have to just get up and go. And he's still, he's still talking, you get back. Praise God. All right, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 17. Read. It said, but he that is joined to the Lord is one what? One spirit. You remember how it was with Adam? That's right. If you go back and look at that same thing, see, that's why you have flesh in the old covenant. If it's natural, it's old covenant. If it's carnal, it's old covenant. If you can feel it, touch it, all this natural stuff out there, it's the old covenant. So that's why you have to understand that the, in the new covenant, everything is done by the Spirit of God through your mind. All right? 
Now, in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, once again, it says, but he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Now, remember, the old covenant had to do with the, with the husband and the wife, and they were one flesh. Come on, are you listening to me? Do I have to show you the scripture? Find me the scripture and I go to it. All right, all right. Show that husband and wife when they became one flesh. You see, but you, once you're in Christ, you become, once Christ come inside of you, remember the biblical court. I talked about the unbiblical court. You are now one spirit. That means that Christ in you is connects to your spirit. Now, when Christ first came inside of you, you had a Adam nature or sin nature or human nature. You don't have that no more. So don't nobody tell you you got two natures. You got two natures. Don't let nobody tell you that lie. You can't have a one nature, and that's Adam or Christ. So you can't keep Adam nature. When you get saved, you have a new nature. That's which is flesh and flesh. Jesus taught that. That's which is spirit and spirit. You cannot have the old man nature and the new man nature, both in you. What, you, what Paul is talking about is the spirit lust against the flesh. He's talking about the mind, fleshly mind. Your spirit in you lusts against the fleshly mind. And the fleshly mind lusts against the spirit so that you cannot do the thing that you would. He's talking about your spirit in Christ and you can't do what he want to do because he can't do it through your fleshly mind. See, that's why you got to take time out and put the word in your mind and that's the only way you're going to change. And this has to do with the, how long you live. If you want to know about a long life, I just told you how to get it. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Romans chapter 8. See, this is how, th see, people trying to tell you all this stuff, how to live long and all this stuff. Listen, the Bible already told us. You only get long life when you renew your mind. So you can sit around and do your stuff. Days are going on, on, on. So you just keep on listening to the, all that other stuff. I didn't know none of them names Earl talked about. <laughs> my, my children tell me, say, oh, Dad, that's so-and-so. I'm going like, and? Because I know nobody's name. No record, no name. I mean, if you go back 30, 40 years ago, maybe I can, you can hook me up. You know, maybe you can say something. But anything within it, I've been in ministry church since I was 30 years old. I've been in ministry now for 45 years. That's when I cut off the, the world stuff. I don't know nothing. My wife will tell you, I don't go nowhere but church at home. I take my wife out. I told anywhere she want to go, I'll take her. That's what I tell my wife. And that's the truth. Anywhere she want to go, I would take her. And be with her. She want to go to a store, I take her, go in with her, and watch her shop. She know I do it all the time. She come out and try to dress on and tell me, do I like it or not? I said, that look good, baby, buy that one. But that's how me and my wife live. But I don't have an outside life. Never had. When God, when God saved this boy when I was 30, that's why I know this year I've been in ministry 35 years. I will be 75. 45 years. Did I say it wrong? 45 years, 45 plus 30, 75. So that's how long I've been in ministry. Since I've been in ministry, I've been, I'm in service to the Lord. I'm his. Once I told him I do, I do. Amen. 
because that's how it is. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. What's in him is in me. That's why I always give this to my sister. I'm going to do this because this is her scripture. Uh, let's, let's do that. I'm going I'm to stay on the path I'm on. I got about 12. Let, let me give you this to write down first, and then I'm going to finish what I gave you. I want you to write down John 17, 21 through 23. Write these down. I'm going to give you these so I don't forget them. John chapter 17, verse 21 through 23. Second, Philemon. This is Sister Yancey, one of my daughters. It's one of her favorite scriptures that she better not forget. Philemon, verse 4 through 6. Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. I don't know how much this I should give you. I'm going to give you Romans 8 and 4. I'll tell you if I get to it. If not, we do it next time. All right, now let's get what I have out there already. I have to, I have to listen to my brother there from, where you from, brother? Grenada. I have to listen to him because sometimes he, we'd be in the office in the morning instead of he'll say something. I say, you got to go back and read that again, brother. I don't know what you said. Can't find a better guy. Can't find a better guy. Amen. I said that through understood through my heart. That's one of my sons. Can't find a better one. All right. Can't find a more humble person. I'm not saying, let's give a big hand. I'm not, I'm not just saying, I don't just talk. I'm telling you, you cannot find a more humble guy. Especially come and read to me every Sunday morning. Amen. I appreciate you. I always. All right. Now where I'm going. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. All right, this was quoted from Genesis. All right. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 31. Just want to show you one verse. For this cause. Just going to show you. See, the revelation in Ephesians 5 is Christ in the church. But let's look at here. It says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined... To his wife. See, you, that's, what, that's what is flesh is flesh. So when you get married, you're joined to your wife. But when you get spiritually saved, born of the Spirit, you're joined to the Lord. Excuse me. Do everybody understand that? Then you're joined to the Lord. Do you understand? Is all I'm asking. All right. I'm not trying to get you to do nothing. I'm just saying, do you understand? All right. Once you get born of the Spirit, Christ's Spirit will come inside of you, and he joins to your spirit. God put Christ in your heart. Now, by him being in the house, you have a mind that he has to plug into. So everything that's in Christ, he wants that in your mind. You understand? Let's look at it. Philippians, Philemon, I'm sorry. No, we told you John first. John 17 first. Thank you. Let's go to John. I hope you mark these things in your Bible or buy tape or uh, I, I talked to Brother Derek sometime. He said, man, I can't go nowhere. I got to get my tape. See, that's how you got to be. I can't wait till tomorrow. I got I to listen to this now. Uh, John 17, 21. John chapter 17, 21. I just like seeing Rodney. Isn't he happy? Look at Rodney. <laughs> you have not seen anybody more happier than Rodney. And I, and I thank the person sitting beside him. I, I praise him. That's one of my girls. That's one of my daughters. 
That's one of my daughters. He got his nurse, his own nurse. Praise God. All right. John chapter 17, verse 21 through 23. When you get this, say amen. All right, let's start reading verse 21. He says, this is, this is Jesus' prayer. Now, Jesus is praying. Now, remember, he's not praying for the world. He's praying for them that God gave him. Watch what he said. That they all may be one. That's his prayer. That they all may be what? One, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So he wants us to be one, even having the Spirit of Christ joined to our mind, because he wants everybody to know we are one with him. Got to always understand your assignment. You're an ambassador. All right, verse 22. And the glory. Now, that what glory? That's the Holy Ghost. And the glory which thou hast, past tense, given me. Talk about the Holy Ghost. Because God gave the Father the Holy Ghost, and now he gave the Holy Ghost to us. That's how it works. And the glory which thou gave me, I, you know, Jesus the one gave us the Holy Ghost. I have given them what? That they may be one. Why did he give you the Holy Ghost? That you can be one spirit, right? Can you see not one spirit? You can be one with him in spirit. That's why. That they may be one, even as we are one. See, the Father and the Son is one. That's why I told you the Father and his word, which is his Son, is one. That's why you got to understand that you and your word is one. Just like the Spirit in you and the, the Holy Ghost in you and your mind, he's wanted, he wants to make it what? One mind. Can't you understand that now? To be, have one mind is to be single-minded. And to be single-minded means you got to know what he knows. So when the Spirit of God in you said we're going to do something, you don't fuss and argue with him. That's what you got to understand. All right, let's go to the last, one, last verse. We're going to just read one more. Verse 23. I and them, we're in, we in John 17, 23. Over oh, there we go. I and them, and thou and me, that they may... Come on, I need you to read. See, that's one of the things. I'm bringing you to a place to renew your mind. I can't help you if you just say, look at me, you might well go to the movie. I might well play, you might well wait till Monday and just see it on TV. All right, come on, you, you're in church now. I and them and thou and me, that they may be made what? Perfect in one. So if you're in Christ and Christ in you, guess what? You are what? I got to get you to say this one more time. You are what? You are perfect. Now, that's your spirit. There's no improvement. When somebody, so Christ has already reconciled us to God. There's no improvement. See, what happened is God sent people into the church for us to help them. And the first thing we try to do is get them saved. Christ already died on the cross. He's already died for them. They need to receive what God already did. That's why I gave you Acts 26, 18. They need to receive the forgiveness of sin. They need to receive the inheritance. But they can't get none of that if I don't preach the gospel. 90 plus percent of churches give you Paul, don't give you Paul ministry. They give you Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John ministry was to make disciples. Paul's ministry is to make ambassadors. Can't you see the difference? See, that's why so many people go to church. They just say, well, I'm a, I'm a disciple. You don't, they don't even know who they're a disciple of. They, they just, I'm a disciple. I would say you're a lost disciple. That's, that's what it is. 
because they don't even know who they're a disciple of because that's all Peter, James, John ministry could do is make you a disciple. That's why they taught you the, the doctrine of Christ. And all you can te teach you the doctrine of Christ is to make people disciples. You go back and read it, they'll tell you, make disciples. Find it for them, baby. Find it for them. You told them to make disciples. I'll read that later. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go to the next thing. Let's go to Philemon. Uh, we're going to look at uh, verse 4 through 6. He told him to make disciples. Find that for me. Philemon. I got about five minutes. I hope you're enjoying the word. This is the introductory to the mind of Christ. That's why I'm teaching on who you are first. This is where we're going. This is what I want to make you to become as an ambassador for Christ. That means I got to make you to become, by the word, independent. When you're independent, you're an ambassador, but you have the support of your old military. When somebody goes somewhere as an ambassador, they, got, they put all the God's gates around them. He has a house. He, li he can live. The, the, this country pay for everything. No man go to warfare out of his own charge. And then he gives him his own military like the United States. If anything come against him, the United States will go over there. Because you have the backers of your own country. You, you know them. How many know what I'm talking about? You're military people. You know what I mean. That's what you mean. If you're in the military, you know that. You mess with the military, this country is coming at you. That's what you just saw not long ago. They showed you some people on, on there that they, people shot up. Three people, three soldiers. Our president said, well, you know what we do here. We will support our military. And every time he prayed, he said, God bless our troops. So you got to understand something. The military is responsible for the people he sent out. So you never want to mess with a man sent by God. Amen. An ambassador. That's who we all will be when this mess is over. That's my prayer. You'll recognize that you, 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 you've been sent out by God, but you got to know his message. You got to know who is your teacher, who is your leader, who are you following. Most people go to church, follow Paul, Peter, Paul, and James. They don't, they don't know nothing about Paul. And only Paul taught you about the mind. Only Paul taught you of the gospel of Christ. All, all the things we have to have in everyday life, only Paul taught us, and yet people follow everybody but Paul. See, they follow religion and tradition of men. All right, but my job is to make sure you follow the apostle Paul. He is the apostle of the Gentiles. All right, now, uh, Philemon is where we're at. Now, to find Philemon, you got to pass by uh, everything in, uh, boy, you get the Hebrews, right? The last thing before you get to Hebrews is Philemon. For you know where that is. The book before Hebrews is Philemon. All right, there we go. Verse number four. Read with me now. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, having of the, watch this, having what? I'm sorry. Hearing of thy love. What did he hear? Of thy love and what? Now I'm going to show you next week, hopefully remind me somebody of that. Hearing of your love and your faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus 
and toward all saints. Hearing of your love, hearing of your love that you have toward the Lord Jesus. See, the, the, the message of grace is to teach you how to love Jesus first. But you can't, that's why I keep saying 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Why do I keep saying it? Because Christ died for our sins and he was buried and God raised him from the dead. When you keep hearing that, you're going to realize this man died for me. This man was buried. He buried my old man. And then he rose from the dead for me. See, the more you hear it, the more you're supposed to learn to love him. But out of that love will come an overflow for me. Now, when I go back and teach you this, you're going to see what Paul meant in Romans chapter 8, verse 4. I'm telling you that on this tape, I may not get to it. I'm going to show you that what God wants to do is make sure that the Old Testament scripture that he fulfilled will be fulfilling us. The Old Testament that he fulfilled was what is the great commandment in the Old Testament? And it was to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy strength. Well, we couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. So Christ came and fulfilled it, and he put it in us by the Holy Ghost. So now, as you keep hearing the word with the Spirit of God in you, you are learning now how to love God. But out of your love for God, you would also love one another. Without the Holy Ghost in you, you can't do it. This is why so many people can't love. They don't have the Spirit. Because God is, is love. All right? Verse number four, five, one more time. Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus Christ first and toward all saints. That the communication, this is why when people come to church, they can't love you. See, that's why I, I said to the people when we leave here, they are preparing on the other side now a Valentine lunch for you. But listen, but they do it. We do all this stuff. Don't charge you a dime every week so you fellowship. But you know what happens when people do? I ain't going over there. I you, it's not you going over there. You are confessing you believe over here, but you won't fellowship. Why? Why you want fellowship? Because you got to have the love. You can't love me. Is that the problem? If you don't fellowship with me, you are saying, I don't love you. That's not good for a believer. I thank my God, Paul says, make a mention of you always in my prayers, having, hearing, hearing of your love, hearing of your love and your faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus Christ and toward the saints or toward the believer. Why you say you love God and don't love one another? That's why Jesus said you're lying. First John will tell you that. He that say he love God and do not love me is a liar. How you gonna love God and don't love me who you see every day? Come on now, that's what he's talking about. So you got to get your act together. If you say you love God, then you need to express that love in me. Why you think he gave you his love? God is love. Why do you think God lived in you so you can love? The Bible says, oh, no man anything but to love one another. So don't forget why you're here. That the communication of your faith may be, become effectual. The communication of your faith. Well, you can't communicate your faith if you don't fellowship with me. I never know what you believe. I never know how you believe it. I never know anything about you if you don't fellowship with me. 
See, that's why people that do in the church, they say, well, we supposed to fellowship. And they'll drink, they'll drink some wine. They'll saying, eat the bread and drink the wine. They're going to walk out that door. They are not going to fellowship with nobody. You watch when you don't grow. Watch why you don't grow. Because you won't fellowship. We're parts of the body. I may be the part you need. I may have the information you've been looking for. I, may, I just might be your connection. But you'll never fellowship with nobody. You'll never know. Most people go to the one, two, three every week. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Saying one, two, three, one, two, three, and then they go on home. See, I fellowship. Well, what about the other hundred? See, you, you understand, people in the church have your answer. God puts your information within the believers. Things you need to know, people you need to meet, jobs you need to have, people hiring, everything is right in the church. But because you never fellowship, you never know. I'm going to stop right there because I believe God has said enough. Let's get up on our hands. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Get up. Let's get up and clap our hands. No, don't get up on your hands. And I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to show you what I've been talking about all day. First Corinthians, come in your camera, sir. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to come in your camera on that side. You ready for me? I'm coming to your camera on this side. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is how people are saved by believing the gospel. This is the gospel of Christ. This is not the doctrine. The doctrine of who Jesus Christ is. You can't be saved by the doctrine. You're saved by the gospel. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Are you there? Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and where you stand, by which also you are saved, not shall be saved. That's Romans 10, 9 and 10. He didn't say you're going to be saved. See, he's talking to Jewish believers. Here, he's talking to Gentiles. By which you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Unless you believe in vain, mean you have believed the wrong gospel for your salvation. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 told you there is one gospel in this Bible that saved you, and that's the gospel of Christ. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, Paul said, this is how I was saved, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture this is how you were saved by following the apostle paul who is your teacher who is your leader who is your apostle hey my time is up i thank you for yours and the door of faith has been opened unto you <laughs>